Welcome back to Back to the Point. I'm your host, Rick Golding from BC High's class of 2004. And we are back. We are back in uh, session, so to speak. This is our third season with this pod. Um, I'm really excited about it. And things obviously got a little out of whack last spring. We were rolling. We were doing our thing. And then COVID came along and uh, threw us for a little bit of a loop. So myself and the folks that work on the podcast, you know, thought it was probably a good idea to, you know, focus on some of the other things that were in front of us and put some thought into the upcoming season, this third season of the podcast. And that's where we're at. We're here. We're starting it up again. We're excited about it. I'm excited about it. Um, I think it's going to be a great season. We're going to be talking to new folks. We're going to be talking to some of our old favorite guests and checking back in with them. Uh, not that there, not that there are any guests that aren't, you know, favorite guests. We love everybody on this pod, but yeah. So we're going to be doing a lot. As always, if if there's anything we can be doing better or differently to make this podcast more engaging for you, we'd love to hear it. Reach out to us and let us know. You know, I think everybody's got, you know, some time and on their hands at at home and whatnot. And what better way to spend your time than listening to a podcast and in particular this podcast. So we want to make it great for everybody. So if there's anything we can we can do, or if there's anybody in particular you'd like to hear from, reach out to us uh, at BC High Eagles on Instagram, uh, back to the point at bchigh.edu, uh, email, and I'm at rickgolding3 on Instagram. All of those are very viable ways to reach out and get in touch with us and let us know what we can do better or differently. This season kicks off with just a great conversation that I had with the president of the school, Grace Regan. She and I sat down uh, recently and we talked through just everything that's gone on since last spring and how crazy it's been. And she, she gave us a lot of insight into the conversations that took place last spring, the decisions that were made to, to pivot as quickly as the school did to remote learning and, and everything that came with that. We also talked about this past summer and all of the planning and, and thought and um, effort that went into this current school year that we're in now. And it was it, it, it's kind of incredible to hear because the theme that I think you will hear that emerges from all of this is that, you know, pe- people stepped up just across the board and, and people kind of used their, the gifts and talents that they have and, and look, you know, gain new ones along the way. And we're willing to, uh, grow and learn from this and, and take on new responsibilities. And, you know, it's not surprising. That's kind of what we do as a community. Um, but it's just, it's, it's a crazy story. Uh, we also talked through, um, some of the hard conversations that BC high has been having this summer in, in the wake of, you know, some of the protests for racial justice, across the country and the black at uh, BC high Instagram handle and some of the things that has brought to the surface and um, some of the conversations that the school has been having and continue to have into this fall and um, the way they're looking at that and approaching it. So we covered a lot of ground. Uh, It was a great conversation. I always love sitting down with grace and um, she's always so forthright and transparent. It was, it was great. And I think it's a great way to kick off this third season of uh, Back to the Point. So you've heard enough from me. So let's, uh, let's get to it. Here's Grace Regan.
Welcome to this episode of Back to the Point. I'm your host, Rick Goulding from BC High's class of 2004. And we are here this morning, uh, taping this early on a Thursday with Grace Regan, president of the school and parent from the class of 2012. Good morning, Grace. How are you? Good morning, Rick. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, doing all right. It's, it's uh, obviously, I wish we could be doing this in person, but thank you very much for joining me virtually. Delighted to be with you. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, with everything that's going on, I wanted to kind of dig right in and, and talk a little bit about um, how, what, what this summer was like for you uh, from the standpoint of gearing up for another school year, but obviously under circumstances that <laughs> when, you, when you took the position of president, you probably never imagined. Never. Uh, no, I didn't. So it's been a pretty interesting six months if you think back to March when we shut down. Um, I think BC High did an incredible job uh, just to go back to February when the first case of the UMass student who was um, diagnosed positive, uh, I think it was February 1st or 2nd, we immediately created a pandemic task force, um, mostly because we wanted to anticipate the Hyde Center trips. And so Hyde Center, for those who don't know what the Hyde Center is, is our global program. We have about 19 programs that are academic uh, service or uh, exchange programs with, uh, throughout, uh, throughout the world, throughout the globe. Mm -hmm. And so our students had trips planned to Tanzania, China, Vietnam, uh, Belize. So we had to kind of put together a, a plan and an attack on what we were going to do. So we actually rerouted a couple of the trips and the Tanzania trip actually took place in February, but then everything happened with COVID. Um, all of a sudden, you know, we were watching the Johns Hopkins site early on in February um, before anyone even knew that site existed and looking at the CDC regulations, et cetera. So I had come back from Florida early feeling like we needed I was on an alumni trip and I said, I, I think I'm going to go home early because I feel like uh, we have to have a plan just in case as things were unfolding throughout the country. And on a Tuesday night, I stayed here till about 930, put together our, all of our action steps and sent them to our board chair and sent them to our team. And the next morning, Adam, our principal, texted me to say uh, two of our parents had tested positive um, and so let the games begin. That was uh, in March, the second week in March. Uh, we made a decision to shut down to clean and we were gonna close for two weeks. We uh, collaborated with the board and made a decision. And then that Friday, Marty Walsh, our mayor, uh, announced that the schools would be closed through April vacation. So the good news is BC High was able to pivot pretty quickly. Um, you know, our teachers were incredible. We've been on Canvas, which is our learning uh, management system, and uh, Zoom for years, uh, for a couple of years anyway, in terms of teachers doing a lot of professional development. So we were able to really use those two days, Thursday, Friday, as kind of practice days. And on Monday, we were remote. So that was um, the spring, which was incredible. And what I am really proud of is the faculty and staff, as well as um, all of our coaches. Um, you know, spring seasons were canceled, but coaches continued to work with students. Um, moderators continued. We had a virtual 5K. We had BC High's Got Talent. We had all of our virtual um, academic awards and uh, athletic awards. People really stepped up, Rick. I mean, it was amazing to me to see the faculty and staff just think about, we thought mostly about our alumni and parents and students. How can we serve them? Uh, you know, the alumni office did an incredible outreach to parents and alumni, especially small businesses. Um, we really thought about the stewardship of our folks. So then 
that was the spring and then we move into the summer. So just so you know what happened here at BC High, I'm really grateful to our board chair and vice chair, uh, Kelly Baraki and Tim O'Donnell mm -hmm. for working with me, putting together a COVID response team. We had a COVID response kind of hub center that met once a week. From that, we had three subcommittees. One was financial, one was academic, and the other was communications. Mm -hmm. We also had an internal task force that worked um, to make sure that we had everything covered and our nurses were really integral to that. Um, and then we had an enterprise risk management task force, which we began last year, and that's chaired by Kevin Powers, who is an alum in, on the board. And that task force really managed all of COVID. And we had experts, um, two incoming parents, Megan and Wade Brown, who I happened to bump into at a guild reception and started chatting with them about COVID the week before everything went down in terms of March. And uh, Wade is at Novartis and, and Megan is at MGH and they are both managing COVID uh, internationally and nationally and locally. So they've been really our experts and have worked with us. So I have to say, you know, through the summer, those task force, all the task force work um, made, helped us make really good decisions. Um, the board, we got ESSER funds, which is um, from the CARES Act, and we were able to take the ESSER funds and go to the board and ask for an additional um, funding source. And we were able to uh, put a million dollars into infrastructure into the, into the school. So um, we have Zoom rooms. Um, there are different level Zoom rooms, but Basically, um, the higher level rooms, a teacher is in the front of the room. In the back, there's a screen, which is where the Zoom is. So we have a, you know, we're doing a hybrid model, two cohorts, Ignatius and Xavier. Mm -hmm. So the students, there'll be 12 students, say there's 24 kids in a class or 22, 11 students are in the class, 11 students are home, one week on, one week off. But the teacher um, has a camera that follows the teacher and they can teach remotely. Um, it's very high tech and it's been incredible. The teachers have had to really um, learn a lot and we've asked a lot of them and they've really uh, complied and been so wonderful. I'm really grateful. So, um, so it's been really, really incredible. Um, you know, the in infrastructure has really helped us. And I also think um, it really um, speaks to excellence here at BC High, really wanting to, you know, reach for the modest. I'm really grateful for everyone. Um, the other thing I, I'll say is that, um, you know, one of the things that our alumni and, one, and parents did that I'm really grateful to the Advancement Office is, you know, our families were very much impacted by COVID. Um, loss of jobs, you know, furloughs, being laid off, unemployment, all that. And uh, our, our Advancement team did an emergency financial aid um, request for from alumni. And we were able to accommodate any request from families. So we didn't lose any students because of financial issues or challenges or food insecurity. We were able to um, give that financial aid, but also we have an emergency financial aid. So during COVID, our students who might have food insecurity, our principal was delivering gift cards to Stop and Shop. Um, you know, we were providing hotspots for people. Um, if they had technology challenges, we were able to quietly and humbly just accommodate. So it's been great. Um, not that there's anything great about COVID, but I think BC High and the community really stepped up. And the thing I'm most grateful for, and then I'll stop and let you ask any questions, is um, the Jesuit community. Because um, I think the other thing I think that BC High did very well, and I'm really grateful to Father Krogan, the superior of the Jesuit community, um, to offer the live stream masses. I went to him the week COVID started and said, Father, 
wouldn't it be great if we could do a live stream mass? And he said, I, you know, I don't know if we can do that. And I said, sure we can. And uh, we did. And that really served um, our alumni, parents and friends uh, all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Easter mass, we had 4,000 people watching or, or families. So mm-hmm. I'm really grateful to them. So any questions, I'm happy to answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was, that was incredible. I, I, one thing that I would want, I want to, I'm just curious about is, you know, you talked a lot a bit about kind of what's happened up to this point. What's, you know, what's been going on kind of internally for you, just as you've managed all this, as you've been trying to, you know, uh, create all these task force and all these action plans and all this, what's been your kind of internal dialogue? I'm just, I'm curious about that. Well, it takes a village. That's what I'll say. And I, I, I think that uh, what I realized early on is every question, you know, begged another 12 questions and, you know, none of us have a playbook. So, uh, you know, one of the things we did a lot uh, of is learning through this whole thing. And um, I think a lot of organizations, businesses like the Chamber of Commerce, um, the mayor and others, we're all kind of on a level playing field where every question was, I don't know, we got to figure this out. So, there was incredible learning. I would say I didn't think I had the capacity to take that much more into my brain, but it's amazing what these kind of challenges make you do. And we really leaned on each other. So I'll give you some examples. Um, We've had a a weekly meeting with all of our Jesuit colleagues. So all of the presidents of the Jesuit schools have met. We had our 25th meeting yesterday uh, and it's really brought people together. Adam, our principal has had the same experience with, the principles. So we leaned on each other to figure out what we could do, how we could work together, if there are any learnings that we could find from each other. The Chamber of Commerce, I have to say early on in COVID, that was my go-to because uh, they had one uh, webinar with the CEOs like John Fish, people like that, um, uh, the CEO of Vertex, Mm -hmm. Jeff Layden, and they were all talking about this challenge. And I remember Micho Spring uh, made a comment that stuck with me through it all. And she said, if you think you're going to go back to normal, then you're not going to go anywhere. And you have to seize this crisis to, to make your organization stronger, better, and come out of it um, as, a, as a more uh, innovative and uh, you know, nimble kind of place. And I think that's what we did. So I think that's been really challenging. I will say it's been exhausting um, because every question, again, begs another five questions or 10 questions. And yeah. To lead through this has been a real challenge, but a real opportunity. I feel like I've grown so much. Um, and I've also um, been able to really rely on a lot of people um, and really entrust them with the care of the school. I feel like, I feel like the big steward of BC High right now, um, just stewarding you know, who we are and, and who we want to be and um, just driving the bus. And it, you know, again, it's not about me. It's about the team. Um, it's been really uh, humbling to work with so many people who have given so much of their time and effort and people have really, um, really grown through this. And I, I, I was talking to a faculty member yesterday and he said, you know, I'm really excited about this. He said, it's been a lot of work, but this is going to inspire my practice that I can't just sit with what I know I need to get better. And, and I have to continue to be disciplined about the learnings. So it's been pretty exciting. Yeah, no, no, that. Sounds incredible. What stands out from a lot of what you just mentioned is the the Jesuit idea of gifts and talents. You know, everybody has their gifts and talents. It sounds like 
not only have people brought their gifts and talents to bear on helping each other kind of through this, but it also sounds like what you just touched on there is that people are developing new, you know, new gifts, new talents, new learning uh, that they'll be able to apply moving forward and hopefully to, to continue to keep BC high in that nimble place that you talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One more, one more question on this period. And then, and then I've got a couple yep. other things that I want to touch on anecdotally from this period, from February 1st to what is it? It's September 10th, 2020. What's kind of an anecdote or an image or something that stands out in, you know, years from now, when you're looking back on this period, you'll say, you know, you think that that, that will be kind of an indelible memory or, or thought that kind of comes to mind. Um, is there anything that stands out in particular? I think the innovation that, you know, I, 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 this is where I come from. Uh, Adam Lewis, our new principal, who's now here a year. Yeah. One of the things he found is, is that, you know, the faculty um, were like the way things are BC High. And he's a very innovative person, innovative in the sense um, he talks about education being inside out. He talks about the head, heart, and hands. And he really wanted to push the faculty in any way to, to think about, how we teach and what does teaching and learning look like? And not that anything was broken here at BC High at all. He just has a vision for what BC High can be, especially mm-hmm. in the 21st century, which is so, so old school now, but um, it is the 21st century. And we haven't been doing a lot of uh, innovation here. And when I say innovation, it's how, what does it look like? You know, I, I think about the kids in it right now, the students in, in, what are the jobs we don't even know are going to happen? What are the jobs that have come out of COVID? I mean, yeah. who, has, who has really evolved? And what does that look like? And um, I remember um, last year we had a, uh, one of our alumni, Zach, come in and he works for the 76ers and he was talking about coding. And he said, you know, the things that I didn't think about when I was younger was, you know, coding. And he said, and I'm, I, he works and he, he was talking about percentages and, um, you know, jump shots and and what the, what the over and under would be on that. And he said, there are people who have jobs that just figure that out. He said, I didn't even know that was going to be a job. And that's one simple example. But I do think there's the new economy in Boston. There's so much happening with the sciences. So I think for our students, Mm -hmm. this moment in time, it's unprecedented. And um, I think they, the students as well, have really stepped up and are looking at things differently. So I think this moment in time is a time of, um, well, aside from all that's happening with COVID, and, and we'll, I know we'll get into a lot of the um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, mm-hmm. but it's a time where our kids are going to really grow and lead in a different way. And our teachers are also growing and leading in a different way and teaching and thinking about what does education look like at BC High? So I, I don't know, that's not very eloquent, but it, that's how I feel. I mean, I, I've just watched so much and um, I, could, I could probably write a book. <laughs> so. Maybe you should. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I, I appreciate it. That, that's, uh, it, it sounds like some incredible things have happened and um, I'm not surprised. You know, BC High has always been a community that steps up. So uh, you touched on the fact earlier, which is incredible that we didn't lose any students because mm-hmm. of any, you know, changes that have resulted from COVID, um, th- which kind of leads me into the, uh, the topic of enrollment. I just, you know, I, I have no sense of how all of this would impact enrollment, overall enrollment at the school, you know, new students coming in. What, what, where are we at? What does that look like? I'm just, I'm really curious. 
Well, it's interesting. You know, last year we had a really um, tough year. We were down about 20%. And BC High has had a, a declining enrollment, much like other schools, it, very much demographic um, related. However, I, I really looked at the enrollment efforts and looking at how we do things. Um, and we, um, we moved in a different direction last year. Uh, Charlie Drain, who had been the academic vice principal, who, is, who knows the school better than anyone I know um, and is just so disciplined. I asked Charlie if he would take on the VP role for enrollment and to reorganize our efforts going back to um, a town-based model. And he agreed graciously to do that and hired a new team, a very different team uh, and a Jesuit on, on staff, which was great. Um, and we, we kind of retrained our, our thinking and thought about, okay, how can we, is it is it the numbers or is it us or is it the way we're we're marketing or is it you know it should be it should be person to person it should be really uh, an individual process and what are we doing what can we learn from other schools and what are they doing that we're not doing so we really took a a deep dive um, very um, ignatian uh, and really reflected on who we are who we want to be and what we're doing and what could we do better. And I'm really um, very proud of the efforts of the enrollment team. Um, one of the things Charlie has done so well is really re-engaged the faculty and staff in the challenges that we faced last year. So you probably remember we had a bit of a right-sizing last year where we, um, we offered early retirement to faculty. We, um, we had to reduce some positions. We had a reduction in force based on our numbers being down 20%. And over the past 10 years, we have declined in enrollment, which is kind of normal in terms of the demographic, but we hadn't right-sized the budget. So it was a really difficult time last year, but a very good thing that we did for the school because we have, we're in a position of strength right now and we're very healthy financially. Well, pre-COVID, we were looking incredible. And post-COVID, we're very grateful, but we, were, we had a, a goal of 1355 for this year. Mm -hmm. um, we are going to be about 1400, which is really remarkable. I will say that um, the excellence that we had in the spring uh, in terms of our ability to pivot and for kids to learn, we didn't change our grading system. We actually uh, looked at who did well during COVID and who didn't. And some of those students may be here uh, full-time instead of being in a cohort because they need to be here, whether it's um, challenges, you know, with, with home life or, they just have some learning challenges and, and need actually to be here in the building. Mm -hmm. um, we, we were able to really look at that with guidance and, and the academic team. And so our numbers are up. We have a wait list. We, we, we've been able to um, accommodate most of the students who applied, but we are not able to accept anybody else at this point, which is an interesting problem to have, right? A, a good problem to have. Um, you know, but I, I would say that what I say to the faculty and staff and my colleagues is, you know, we did a great job through COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Now the proof is, what, what do we do this year? How do we evolve? Um, and everybody is trying to be better. And so the competition is fierce in terms yeah. of students. And we just want students to really be able to be successful here. So I feel really good about um, the year with uh, enrollment. I also feel really good about our diversity numbers. Um, in terms of the incoming class, the incoming nine, uh, over 40% of the class is, is uh, our students of color. Um, and uh, I'm really pleased with that because I think 
you know, based on where we are right now in terms of being in the city, that was a real effort. Uh, we really wanted to invite uh, students from the city, um, students of, of color, black and brown students to come back to BC High, to come to BC High and feel really safe. So I'm really pleased with the efforts there. And I think we really look like we're a global school and that's our goal is to look like what the world looks like. Yeah, I mean, that's an incredible uh, effort with everything that's going on. What are some of the what are some of the you know innovative kind of uh, things you guys are thinking about this year? Uh, maybe maybe you don't want to give away any secrets to any of our competitors, but uh, what are what are some of the things you're thinking in terms of um, enrollment and admissions and out getting out there, quote unquote, maybe just virtually, but uh, getting well, out there this year? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because the whole virtual. How do you do this, right? I mean, whether I look at the seniors right now and looking at the college process, what a different experience it's going to be for these young men um, to be doing everything virtually and not being able to necessarily visit schools. So we've, our team has really um, been very creative. Colleen Carter, who serves as our VP for external relations, uh, we just launched a new website. Um, if you haven't had a chance, it's really uh, a really cool site. I, I, I'm, that's the only road I can use. It's cool. It's oh, it's, it, it really is incredible. I mean, I went on it, soon after it got rolled out, and it, it's just it's 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 fun to be on there. It's incredible. Well, as an alum and as a parent, I, you know, I look at it, and my son has been on the site, and he thinks, "Mom, look at what they're doing." This is I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, we are doing this. This is great." But you know, one thing I just want to mention is, um, as we went through COVID last year, we created this BC High Connects. Uh, we had a COVID-19 page. We've moved that to BC High Connects, thinking virtual communities. So mm -hmm. if there's anything you want to know about what's happening at BC High, if you go to the BC High Connects page, uh, that's where everything kind of resides. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we've done a lot with thinking about our how we, how we share our message, what are our stories. Um, I'm a storyteller. I think the one thing that I found when I came to BC High is that um, we are very humble. And that doesn't help us uh, in terms of the market. So my job is to push people out of the comfort zone and get them to tell their stories. And hum humility is a wonderful part of our story. But if people don't know who we are and what we're about and, and what we can do for a student and how we can help them to become the grad at grad, to be open to growth. And uh, that's, that's my job. And along with admissions and, and enrollment and communication. So there's been a lot of um, collaborative thinking, um, really thinking about how we use our resources and how we deploy our students, our alumni, our, our faculty, how we tell the story of BC High. And I think that's really um, going to be a game changer for us um, because we're all working collaboratively. And Charlie's done a great job at educating the uh, faculty and staff about, you know, the importance of them being our ambassadors, um, mm -hmm. that it's, you know, we can get people in the door, but if they don't get to know people and it's all about relationships, you know? Yeah, no, that's, it's great. Um, so you, you touched on this just a, a couple minutes ago and I want to make sure we, we talk a little bit about it. Um, obviously a lot has happened um, this summer around the convert, around the national local, you know, community uh, conversation around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and so I, I wanted to just kind of open it up to you. I, I, you know, there, there, I know that BC High has been doing a lot. Um, you know, you guys have been great about um, communicating what's been going on on campus. And I think it would be helpful um, if you could just talk a little bit about maybe um, 
you know, some of what BCI is doing and, 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 and importantly, some of the, the thinking that's gone into it, some of the conversations behind the scenes sure. uh, that, that folks maybe not be privy to, but I think would be great to understand kind of, you know, what's been going on uh, in terms of those conversations. Sure. So, you know, the, the spring, as you know, was incredibly difficult for um, the country. And when George Floyd was murdered, uh, we put out a, a statement from Father Krogan, myself, and uh, our principal, Adam Lewis, um, about our commitment um, to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and that Black Lives Matter. And it's really important that we um, we stay the course with our Ignatian you know, commitment to justice. And um, it's interesting. So we had a couple, um, you know, communications throughout all of that that was happening. It was interesting. The class of 2017 uh, were very active uh, a few years ago, and it was pre-me. Um, they submitted a list of demands um, to the to the administration, and um, we've looked. We've worked with them on the demands. We've worked on the demands over the past few years. You know, more more students of color um, at BC High, uh, increased attention to diversity, equity, and inclusion programming, positions, all that kind of um, thing. And, and also looking at our curriculum. And I will say BC High um, under the past administration did a lot of work around um, race and gender. Um, there were a lot, there has been a lot done with the program with professional development. We had a Melville Institute on race and gender. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all, that's all great. And that has been very um, effective and impactful at BC High. However, um, all of a sudden, I was meeting with the class of 2017, talking about um, the actions with the demands, and, and they are now rising seniors uh, in college, and young men of character and incredible depth, and really, um, I spent a lot of time with them over the summer. Mm. Um, and as I was meeting with them, um, the Black at BC High Instagram account happened, and the Black at movement uh, is, has been an incredibly powerful movement across the country. Um, most schools have a black at Instagram account. Well, our Instagram account was probably the most difficult part of my tenure that, that I've had. Um, and our principal and I both feel the same way as do, our, as does our board, as do our community, uh, our faculty and staff to read those accounts of students, alumni, um, who shared their lived story or their lived experience, um, at BC high on those accounts. And, uh, I, you know, we have responded in terms of the board um, had a, a meeting in June. Um, DEI was part of my agenda originally prior to all of this happening. Um, Ruth Evie, who's our director of equity and inclusion, had worked with our diversity community to look at the demands to present a DEI statement to the board. So that was top of mind uh, along with all that was happening. And what ended up happening was we had a very robust conversation around what does it mean to be a diverse uh, an equitable school and an inclusive school at BC High, and have we done our job? And, and we have not. Um, if students, uh, black and brown students, and um, faculty and staff are not feeling safe, um, if we are not um, holding true to our values, if we're not calling things out, um, so it definitely was a conversation around culture and what we have to do. And um, we understand we've done a lot, but it's not been enough. So. Our board um, put together a plan. Um, we engaged Latham and Watkins um, uh, and BJ Tracker, who is working on studying the, 
the, the Instagram account, an invitation was issued to any person who wanted to meet with them um, to talk about their experience, um, whether it was in a part of the account or their own experience. Uh, we also embarked on an internal plan where we had probably close to, uh, I don't know, probably 15 to 17 anti-racism conversations with, peri- with constituents, uh, students, parents, alumni, uh, friends. We had an LBGGQ uh, call as well um, because we want people to feel safe in our space. Um, and so along with that, um, our principal and I have met with individuals, countless individuals, responded to emails. I think I probably had 60 individual conversations this summer. And both, um, you know, with black families and white families, um, you know, some of our white students are nervous about coming back. And it's just like, you know, the whole idea of, am I saying the right thing? And so we really want to provide a safe space for students to be able to have a dialogue around race and around Black Lives Matters. Um, we had two events this summer. We had the National Anti-Racism Teach-In, which was really powerful. Uh, we also did a teen experience and our students, black and white, black, brown and white, uh, participated in the teen experience. Uh, and we have a robust plan to um, think about how we enter into this year. Um, we entered into a program called Courageous Conversations. Our faculty and staff participated in that last week. We also did anti-bias, um, implicit bias uh, training last week, um, and we'll continue to do that. The Courageous Conversations program is, I'm really excited about it because it is a year or two commitment. Uh, we'll rethink what, what the next year will look like, um, but that will impact all of our constituents. So we start with our faculty and staff, we'll go to our leadership, then we'll go to the board leadership, students, parents, and alumni. So there's a lot happening. Um, you know, the biggest thing for us is that we need to be safe. We need to be a safe school. Um, we need to be clear on our expectations of what is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And there are many things that um, in those Instagram accounts that I cannot believe happened, um, but they did happen. And uh, they're lived experiences and we have to really own them and own our community in terms of, you know, call it, being able to call things out, being able to name things. Uh, being able to say that's not acceptable at BC High, and you know it's interesting. Um, we we've talked about this. We'll, we we're going in a direction that some people may not agree with, but I really feel very strongly that this is a justice. Social justice is who we are. Everybody should be able to feel safe and supported uh, in their in this community. And so you know um, we may lose some people because uh, we're going to be we're going to be really out there and. Um, our students, this is, our principal says all the time to our boys, this is your school and it is their school. And um, the agenda needs to be driven by our students and uh, supported by the administration. I, I, for what it's worth, um, I stand hundred percent with you and I totally agree. And I, you know, I, I think um, from, from my perspective, and again, for what it's worth watching BC High engage in this, conversation over the summer and and um, has been great to watch an institution that I care about so much um, own some of the things that you said about and recognize I think an institution that's strong enough to recognize that it can always be better mm-hmm. a sign of a strong community a strong institution and and strong people who make up the, those communities and institutions so um, that's just my two cents. Well, thank you. No, I mean, I think what's going to come out of this is, you know, the recommendations from Latham and Watkins will probably 
impact our policies and procedures. Um, we plan to do a cultural assessment, which is great. Um, you know, we were going to do a climate assessment initially. Um, we know what we need to do right now in the immediate. Um, those recommendations will turn into a, a strategic plan for um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I, I think that's great um, in terms of, you know, we can't do, the thing I, I, I worry, uh, I always worry about is when you enter into a conversation like this, or whether it's COVID, um, you have to make sure that it's multi-year and it's not just, you know, we're going to just do this and that's great. And then we'll think about something else next year. It has to be strategic. It has to enter into the culture. Um, one of the women who were, was part of the national anti-racism conversation, when I asked her, uh, her name is Erica Purnell. I said, how long does it take to change a culture? And she said six to 10 years. And so for a lot of people, they kind of stepped back and said, well, we need immediate change. Well, that's true. But 10 years from now, I want people to say, wow, BC High really, really changed their culture and entered into a, a really healthy environment and, and change management culture. And I think that's great. And people are safe. So that, that's my goal, you know, for people to feel really comfortable. And along with that, I will share just one other thing. I know we're probably running close to time, but um, the other thing I just wanted to share is that, you know, our board um, has a leadership change and that was announced a week ago. Uh, Kelly Veracki, Tim, and Tim O'Donnell uh, retired from the board in terms of chair and vice chair. Mm -hmm. And we welcome Father Michael McFarland, who is now the president of the Gregorian Foundation and former president of uh, the College of the Holy Cross as our chair. And he's a Jesuit and I'm really excited about his tenure along with Serge Georges, who is a district judge in Boston, in Dorchester, and a professor at Suffolk. And uh, he is a Haitian man and an alumnus, and we're really excited for their leadership, along with um, seven new trustees. So that's a really big shift for BC High, and grateful to the past leadership um, for all, of, all that they did for, with me in terms of my onboarding and transition. And we had a lot of challenges, as you know. So I think we're really, we're, we're poised to be very successful um, thanks to their leadership. That's great. Yeah. And I, I actually had the chance to talk to Serge last year at the, um, was it last year? The Hall of Fame ceremony, I think last November. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had a chance to sit down with him. He seems, I mean, just an incredible, incredible guy. So that's exciting that he's stepping into that role. Um, so it's September, it's the beginning of September and this will be the last thing we kind of touch on. Um, but the, the campus is, is coming, you know, coming back to life a little bit here and people are coming back to school, you know, how's it going? What's, what's, you know, what's some things you've seen from the way, you know, from, from the uh, week or so, so far, you know, what's, what's been going on? How's it going? Well, just to step back for one second, just that we did have graduation on the Feast of St. Ignatius. So that was the beginning of us seeing the light that students could come back to campus. So I'm really happy that the class of 2020 had a commencement. It was a glorious night. We were outside on McCoy Field overlooking the bay. The moon rose. It was incredible. John Barrow spoke as our speaker. He was incredible. Um, and it was a really powerful night. So that was kind of our first moment of, oh, we can have people on campus. Yeah. We did an incredible job. The facilities team, the IT team, the academic leadership, I, we have thought about everything. Um, our, you know, it's just incredible the amount of thinking and signage and hand sanitizers and, you know, tape measures and desks apart and storage. So um, it doesn't look like BC High if you come in. Um, 
we've done everything outside. So the way it worked is we brought the faculty back last week, two days in person, socially distanced, of course, all with an abundance of care and caution and safety. And then the rest of the week was done via Zoom. Uh, we brought the boys back. Um, so we had freshman orientation last week uh, with the senior mentors. Uh, we did it on Cotter Field and uh, the boys were outside most of the day. Uh, we brought the classes back each individual class this week. So they came back, had a welcome from our principal, walked through their schedule. We had the mass of the Holy Spirit outside, which was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Then they walked through their schedule again. And then at the end of the day, we did a, a drone picture, class of 2021, 2022, all that um, on Cotter Field. And so, so far, so good. Our safety precautions are pretty significant. Um, the distance piece is, is the piece. If you think about, you know, we're going into McNeese, how many, how can you keep guys six feet apart? And I've seen this everywhere. People yeah. aren't thinking. So the distance piece I think is, is the challenge. Um, my message to the boys is, you know, um, wear your mask, watch your distance and wash your hands and sanitize. So, uh, and our principal is really, uh, his message this year is really solidarity and, um, margins in the margins and working together and being accountable. So it's an exciting time. Our goal was to get the boys on campus at least once as a class, because who knows what will happen in two weeks if we have a surge. So um, not surge our vice chair, but a surge um, in the COVID. Uh, So, you know, I think for the seniors particularly to have them all together for a day was incredible. And then uh, next week we'll begin uh, with the cohorts. So it's Ignatius and Xavier, one week on, one week off. Well, it's exciting. Yeah, and and we should probably just give a quick shout out to the class of 2020 for being so resilient and and, uh, patient with respect to their, I'm sure they were applauded multiple times at their graduation ceremony, but I mean, you know, another one's probably. Yeah, they had a lot of loss. You know, I think for the spring athletes, it was really hard. I mean, I look at the talent. Mike O'Brien, he coaches the uh, lacrosse team with Marcus and they were stacked and it was going to be an incredible year. And as was rugby, as was crew. I mean, it was, baseball was incredible. So I feel so bad for those kids and in the juniors, you know, um, yeah. and for the, the artists, you know, they, the funny thing is that we did, um, we did the play via zoom. That was really fun. I would say people were really, this class will remember this year um, in an interesting way, because I think BC high overcompensated because we wanted things to be perfect for them. Uh, and, and I'm so glad we did because, you know, the athletic banquet, John Bartlett did an incredible job. The academic awards, Kim Smith did an incredible job. So thoughtful. Um, and so I'm really grateful to the team. It's been great. Um, well, good luck to you and and the rest of your administration, to the whole school, to the students. Um, you know, an interesting year ahead, I'm sure, but you guys, you know, like the resilience and uh, as you put it in our last podcast, uh, humility and grit that have uh, so long been a part of who we are, it, it just continue to obviously be present in everything we do. So thank you for joining us today. You know, maybe we'll have another check-in at some point this year, but uh, I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much, Rick. Thanks for all you do. We're really grateful. No problem. All right. And that does it for this episode. This first episode of the third season of Back to the Point. I uh, just wanted to say thank you so much to Grace for uh, sitting down with me, taking the time out of what is, I have no doubt, is just a crazy schedule. So uh, really appreciate that. Um, huge shout out to Michael Bryan for just being just a podcast warrior and helping me 
pull this thing together every week or every couple of weeks and, um, you know, just being so helpful and energetic and, uh, excited about the podcast and, um, you know, keeping it, keeping it moving. Uh, thank you as always to Kristen Brophy, our incredible sound editor, uh, podcast Jedi fairy pod mother. Um, she does an incredible job, uh, you know, and I just, I'm just very grateful that she's part of this team. So thank you to everybody. Uh, and thank you to all of you for listening and continuing to listen. Like I said, at the, at the top of this, we're excited about this season. It's going to be a little different. We're going to be doing a lot of zoom and phone call pods, but, um, I promise, you know, the, the whole podcast team, the whole back to the point team, including me is going to work really hard to make this, uh, just an awesome season of the podcast. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.